coming to you from the Strings and Things Studio in Ventura, California. I am Anne. I'm Karen. And I'm Katie. This is the Strings Unraveled Book Club. for today uh i think we read a book yeah it i is, read a book yeah i i read a book too i hope we all read the i finished same it today oh i finished yesterday <clears throat> i uh, finished it the first week but then i yeah. reviewed today um so i picked it up and i was going great guns at first um and we had so much time because we recorded kind of early for the mm-hmm. last month um and then like things got hot and heavy getting ready for stuff here and I put it down for almost a full month. Yeah. So we made our appointment to meet tonight, and I was like, okay, I have six days. Yeah. That was <laughs> and, me on Monday. I was yeah. like, I have seven hours of book to listen to. Let's go. <laughs> I I was close to switching to the audiobook because time was of the essence, but um, this was a pretty quick read, yeah. so having a, a hefty daily reading goal was not too strenuous. Mm. Um. So we read The Maidens by Alex Michelades. Um, uh, where to begin? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's start with, because I, I found several um, sets of, of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, like specific to this book? Yeah. Oh, nice. And it's, it's good. Like, it's this is a new book, but it's not like out last month. Right. Um, so basically, why don't we skip to the ending? Okay. How, how do we feel about how this book ended? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. We missed something, which is I have not read the synopsis. Oh, yeah, let's do yeah. that first. Do the synopsis. Uh, and then I'd like know. to know, I'd like to at least explore before the ending and then the ending. Ah, uh, no, I want to know what you thought of the ending. <laughs> uh, and then we'll Anne's be in mine. charge tonight. She can yeah. do it however she wants. That is true. That you're, is you're true. Next month. You run it however you like it. I will follow what you say. I mean, I've had to wait a whole, like, maybe 36 hours to ask you. Since you listened to or read the ending. the ending. Right. To ask you what you all thought. So it's all really fresh with you. Right. Um, Freshest for Katie over here. Yeah, this morning on my drive to work. Uh, So, synopsis. In The Maidens, Mariana finds herself on the idyllic campus of Cambridge University after her niece's niece zoe's closest friend tara has been murdered zoe believes the murderer is professor edward fosca the handsome and popular greek tragedy professor on campus fosca is charismatic and idolized by his students especially a group of female students known as the maidens named after the goddess persephone despite his alibi mariana is convinced of fosca's guilt and is drawn into the investigation which soon grows more complicated when another body is found in this mystery involving ancient Greek rites and brutal murders, Mariana becomes determined to unmask the killer, even as she risks endangering herself. Okay. That was pretty brief. Uh, <laughs> so, Mariana is our main character. Um, she is thrust into this world of intrigue and mystery um surrounding her niece who she loves like a child of her like her own child Mm -hmm. um because she and her husband raised zoe from the time or were her guardians from the time that she um lost them as like a 
between yeah maybe 10 or yeah mm, there's something at the end about being six like she pictures she the remembers girl. her when she was six but yeah. i don't think she was that young i think she was 10 or 11 when the accident happened yeah um, so Zoe has lost both her parents tragically as a child. She, her guardians are Mariana and Sebastian. Sebastian is Mariana's husband who died about a year before the book begins. Mm-hmm. Um, she, Mariana was completely devoted to Sebastian. She is in deep grief. Um, the other cast, important cast of characters is this Edward Fosca, the Greek, uh, instructor, Instruct, um, instructor of Greek, but he's American. Yeah, he is an American in Cambridge and mm-hmm. um, an outsider of sorts. Uh, Clarissa is um, Mariana's former um, instructor and uh, tutor, they were calling her. Mm-hmm. So she was like her main, you think of it as a doctoral um, supervisor. Yeah. yeah. And there's Ruth, who is also a um, confidant um, and, like, professional mentor. Her supervisor, yeah. right? Um, for Mariana. And um, we've got Zoe, the niece. Yep. We've got the terrible maidens, who are all pretty cardboard. Or dare I say plastic? Mm. They were the plastics. Yeah. And then there's Fred, who yeah. is a 29-year-old young man. Who's only seven years younger than Mariana, but she talks to him like he is... Like he's a 14-year-old. Ni- yeah, yeah, like a 19-year-old. Hi, Mariana! I love you! <laughs> <laughs> uh, who the other key? Oh, Morris the porter. Yeah. He's... Yeah, the, and the he's woman in who there. turns down the beds. Oh, yeah. El- Elsa? Elsie? El- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's uh, a weird... So you wanted to. Get... I want to jump to the ending. Okay. How do you guys feel about this twist? So do you want to do you want to say like spell it out? Yeah. So I mean, we, oh, well then then if we're gonna spell that's it totally out, spoilers. okay. Well, that's Duh. the whole point of the book. Yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys read the book? If pause you it that, right now. Stop. Literally pause right now yeah. because it, there's a twist. I mean, okay. <laughs> so just a little groundwork. Okay. Because which I imagine is why you want to talk about the book before not the whole book just some context because otherwise the the ending won't make sense without will it, it, it make won't be a, more it, sense will it with be, the context will it be a twist <laughs> or will it i don't know well um depends on how we feel about the ending. so interesting that question karen will it be a twist you didn't feel like it was a twist no i'm saying is if you don't have context from the for for, for the rest of the book because the ending is so different. Well, only the people who finished reading it are now listening. Yes. That's true. So. Unless you still have snuck in here and then pause <laughs> and it. On now. You. It's your own fault. That's on you. No context for I, you. I knew that there was going to be a twist. Right. That's I didn't know work. quite how twisty yeah. it was going to be. I sort of knew who the key players, how where yeah. they were going to land, but I yeah. didn't know how we were going to get there. Yeah. So oh, that's an intro. Okay. I want to know more about that. So did you read The Silent Patient? And you did. I did, and I totally okay. forgot. You forgot? Oh, wait, wait. I keep because mi- in my brain, I keep mixing up with the girl on the train. Which I'm dying to read, and ironically, at, the, at Lovewell, where they have Read the, it before you watch the movie. I've never watched the movie. Good. Don't know if I will. Um, Though I like the actresses. Because I've listened to the book, but I had this hankering to mm-hmm. read the book mm-hmm. after, while I was reading this one. Um, and I go into the coffee shop, and in there, like, take one, leave one books, mm-hmm. is like almost like an unread 
copy of the girl on the train. Uh-huh. So, is that I'm the same go. author? No. It's just the same no. genre. Same of. kind of psychological the silent patient has a huge twist it has a like and really intricate interesting intertwined parallel or dual timelines going uh-huh. um and you don't know how they relate to each other until the end mm-hmm. which is the twist so it, i feel like the silent patient was a lot more artful mm. yes but i think i knew this author is gonna stick to his like Ooh, shock of yeah. all shocks, twist at the end. Even though you kind of know something like that's coming. Or or even to give him a little more credit, like he's keeping a veil of knowledge. Sure. That he knows. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. He's taking us along this path and then he's going to reveal it in his storytelling at some point. Yeah. So I was on edge the whole time of like, who is our killer? Yeah. So that meant Fosca was not the book leads you to believe killer. that he it's is, too obvi- but it's too obvious. It's too because obvious because the tagline of the book is Edward Fosca is a murderer, and then it's like we spend the whole book trying to figure out is he. So it's like, well, I mean, he's not gonna be because he's an obnoxious. It's a little twat. too like yeah. red herring, you know. I mean, and I he is a disgusting human being because when Mariana loses it and starts and just starts beating on him, yes. like he. Is smiling while he translates this card that yeah. says that her death is imminent and her like blood is gonna gush from her neck. He's not concerned at all. No, if he didn't write it, he might be a little yeah, concerned. Like, oh, what a horrifying! Of all the beautiful Greek things that could be left for yeah. you, with this horrifying message uh, to which there is no nuance to the meaning. Yeah, exactly. Um, You're gonna die. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> Thank you. At no. Honestly, at no point did I think Zoe was the killer. Right. I, did, I knew she had something more to do with it that... Yeah, she... But I... I me, I'll be honest. Okay. For me, <laughs> I thought the ending kind of came out of nowhere. When I'm like... You don't okay, think it was well-rooted? I don't think so. I mean, the, her, her, yes, but the, the whole storyline between her and Sebastian... I thought it was just like, okay, this feels like, like, a, like, a, like a cheap party trick. It felt like it was out of nowhere. I I wanted I Sebastian not to like, like reappear. Honestly, I yeah. knew there was something not like right he with his her death. Yeah. Like, memory of Sebastian because yeah. all that she know, like she he was like the best thing ever. Yeah, she and was, we're he, only ever hearing from her perspective, mostly mm-hmm. that he's yeah. the best thing ever. But I didn't mm-hmm. expect that he's if, a disgusting child monster murderer. <laughs> yeah, but if if you didn't listen to the book, mm-hmm. there's two narrators. There's a female and a male. And the male narrator is reading the passages the from the yeah. letter well, that see, is sent to Zoe. Why it makes you the narrator? Think, but it, I thought the male narrator most of the time was Fosco. And but then, it doesn't make you think that because he has a British accent. Yeah, and Fosco's right. American. That's and right. I was like, why does the narrator have a British accent if they want me to believe that this is Edward Fosco? Because yeah, he's like, yeah. I grew up on a farm. And then Edward Fosco's like, I but, grew up on a farm. And it's like, no, no, no. Okay. I thought Fosco was faking the American accent. No, he's from America. But he could have been faking. He no, I thought he was faking that, and that he really was British. No, he's American. I know he says he's American, but, he, you know, <laughs> but I don't know kill, where you. Okay, killers are liars. But he's not a killer. Well, but he, but they I make you think that yeah. he's a liar. So it's possible he he's like got this persona of American to throw people off. But really, he's a British. Killer. I always understood that was, that that was my, just my, my the thought. journal writer was mm-hmm. a man. 
Like yes. I always understood that. Mm-hmm. So I and knew he has a male voice. Yeah, that mm-hmm. the journal writer could not be anybody except a, a male character. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really like the idea in my head because I understood at some point that Zoe was in on it. As soon as Zoe appeared with a second postcard, yeah, that didn't make sense to me because each of these murders had been one at a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know at what point they the women got their postcards, but when Zoe also appears with a postcard. And Zoe also disappears for a large portion yeah. of the novel. Yeah. And yeah. she would have been more ingrained in the story if it wasn't going to be a twist at the end than it was going to be her. Mm-hmm. You know, she would have been more involved in it. Um, and then when you find out different parts that, okay, she comes off like she's really super sweet and traumatized to her aunt, but then you find out she wasn't so nice and that she really was part of the inner... Inner plastics. I mean, yes, she... I don't want to portray her as, like, evil, you know, because she does murder four people. Yeah. But she's under the control of somebody who uh, sexually abused her for her whole, you know, adolescence and childhood. Mm Four? Isn't it four? Or attempted four. It's at least three. She she tries to kill Fred. Yes. And she tries to kill Mariana. Mariana. (laughs) Um... And at the end, when they're talking about her, like, psych evaluation with her therapist, he's saying, like, you know, she's two different people. You know, yeah. that her, the the, Mar- the Zoe that loves you and is your niece is in there somewhere, but she's, you know, there's also this person who's, you know, completely broken because she's been under the control of her uncle. But it's her the uncle's voice been of dead. The yeah, but only for one year. But the damage is do- yeah. done. Yeah. Wait, wait, What? Well, the uncle is no longer an influence on her life, but the ghost of him is. I mean, why do? Yeah, like because I mean, she's still through he's her, been grooming her since he became her guardian. Yeah, um, since she was well, fifteen, and it's true. But the, the effects, that's when the sex was. That's true. But he yeah. was probably grooming her Before since that. the. Yeah, you're right. Because if you look at his life, that's when his abuse was the worst uh-huh. and mm-hmm. i think there's parallels uh for abusers where they well i can see it, i can't say that his influence is not on her because his influence is on mariana yeah so or at least this image that he, she this fairy tale that she built up in her mind yeah um i have to say my most favorite part of the book is does not speak again to the quality of the novel construction. <laughs> but I appreciate that he is world building in his creative um, cadre of mm-hmm. storytelling. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. When she sits down with Theo and I realized who Theo was, which is one of the main characters from The Silent Patient. Oh. I didn't know that. He's, I didn't connect. And, and then I wondering... started remembering like his interactions with Ruth because they share the same... Um, mm-hmm. the same supervisor and that's all kind of haunting so my favorite part of the book is the part that took me completely <laughs> I was wondering at that point why we were introducing a brand new character so late into the novel because I didn't know that he was a another you know from the other yeah. novel that would make more sense I would say that he has um, like merit for being introduced at that point because he has importance later and in, in taking us through all the way through to the epilogue of But he doesn't necessarily need to be in the book. No. You know. No. But it's interesting that he was a character from the first novel. Yeah. So I could see why he would do that. But I mean I'm sorry, Alex, but uh the silent patient was much better than 
And I really, really like this Island Patient. Like, I'd recommend it all day long. And I wouldn't say this was a bad book. No. It was, it was entertaining. It, and was it was very... It was good, but... I loved it right up until the end. I enjoyed <laughs> living in this book during yeah, yeah. the time. Yeah. But, so I was definitely entertained. I don't want to say I enjoyed the ending because it's terrible. Right. But I didn't dislike how it shook out. Right. You know, yeah. I wasn't disappointed like in... It really wrapped up the story or it brought in... It tied it up. No. No, Not, that's a great that's, question that's a, because no, no, she, Mariana took the door handle and walked inside. Well, part of my head is knowing, and this is a little like maybe he polluted the book by bringing Theo into it mm-hmm. because now I'm racking my head for like the patients that Theo treated at the same time because mm-hmm. he, she's give, they're giving us glimpses. Is there a beautiful redhead woman in the original she's novel? She's the other main character in, um, the silent, in, in the silent patient and so alluding to her then made me like run through the other novel of like mm-hmm. is mariana about to be stabbed right now because his other patient in the silent patient that we hear a lot about is like a violent insane person See, um, and I, maybe that's it i felt like i was so engrossed throughout the movie I mean, not the movie. It was like a movie in my head. It was head. a, great it was movie, a movie in my head. I was thinking that he seems like he wants to write a movie because some of the way he says things and sets things up, it's like her scream merged with the sound of the incoming siren. Yeah. I was like, this sounds like a screenplay to me. But right. I think he does have some, like, professionally has something to do with film or television production. Like I can't recall for sure. But maybe the thing I didn't like was it did feel unfinished it felt like what that's it i mean that did, it wasn't sad it wasn't a satisfying ending i know i feel the, I kind of the opposite so, i don't mind how the story of these murders ended yeah yeah i don't yeah. like the epilogue because an epilogue like to me that's an it. epilogue should bring you that final that did closure sort of feel like that was the last chapter maybe he should have not called it the epilogue because yeah. there wasn't a lot of wrapping up no maybe that, that's it like when they, when they get to the final scene literally i'm standing that in that was doorway part of the story looking and, at what's going to happen between her and zoe is zoe hiding a shank right now like i wouldn't put that past her yeah come on i bet i know where he hit the knife auntie he hit it in my hand yeah. in your back. <laughs> I mean, where I hit the knife to like bring yeah. you over here. That part, yeah. I guess it's the the epilogue part that. One I, of the things I do appreciate about this author, and I say it's consistent mm-hmm. across his work, is he's very illustrative of women not being believed. Mm. When they have every right and need to be believed. And you do feel, at least I did, I think he did a good job of making you want to trust Zoe. Yeah. Because she's young and she's impressionable. And so I didn't, I didn't throughout most of the novel suspect a lot from her because I was like, well, yeah, why wouldn't you believe your niece? Of course she's telling you the truth. And we all get wrapped up with like trying out groups of people and Mm -hmm. finding out they're not for us. So you just figure Mm -hmm. Zoe is this like young girl try it out a group of people she's beautiful Mm -hmm. she you know of course she'd be looped in with them and then finds out that they're not her quality people like um and so that actually like endeared her to me Mm -hmm. um yeah i agree mm -hmm. okay i totally agree with what you both said time for questions okay uh what was your impressions of mariana how did the tragedies of her life shape who she is and how she approached relationships why was hosting group therapy sessions the right outlet for her? Hmm. I think Mariana, like, my impression of her is that she is a very fragile person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And doesn't have 
a lot of um, strength to stand on her own two feet. Like Exactly. I don't think she could handle one-on-one yeah. therapy sessions. And, you know, she. I don't think she has the self-control to maintain boundaries, as was shown in the beginning. She's She really should. She goes, I know this is wrong. I shouldn't be helping this guy. You know, I shouldn't be. I'm not his medical doctor. But she can't help herself. Well, that and like, you know, so her father was a domineering, Mm -hmm. overpowering, perhaps like psychologically abusive person. Mm -hmm. And so that tendency is to to like make yourself small, to hide. Um, And so, yeah, I I don't think that she has presence to take someone through one on one. She even says that 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 to be a good therapist, you have to be in a group. You almost have to be invisible. And it does seem like Sebastian was probably a very overpowering person. So I can imagine why she would be more withdrawn. Mm -hmm. And well, and that's the other thing that like is occurring to me is the, like the way that he pinpointed her Mm -hmm. and latched on to her. Like he, you have to wonder how long had he been planning to use and abuse her, you know? It, but I don't know if at the beginning, if that was his intention. True. Like, I don't think, like he, think, I don't think he went into think... the marriage thinking that way. Except, maybe not consciously, but you know, if he's the kind of person who controls this young child and forms her into, he likes to control a situation. Mm-hmm. And he might have, may not consciously have seen her, Mariana, as a mark. Per se. You but know, I, I think always... he was so psychologically abused himself that I don't yeah. think he understood that I don't think he knew that what he was doing was wrong. Well mm-hmm. that's always so interesting to me is like you have to think that anyone who who is the abuser in a domestic abuse mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. like do they ever have any self-awareness yeah. of their abuse you know like of course this is an extreme where he decides to make an elaborate plan to kill his wife with his niece right like, yeah that's an extreme that Obviously, seems a little more on he the, dehumanized uh... her and has turned her into an object yeah. at that point but like going back and giving him a little credit as a young man um could he ever i mean he does have a self-awareness because of the journal entries mm-hmm. that he's not normal in the way that he looks at the world (laughs) what are the two missing journal pages i wonder at the end of his journal that's true like did he kill his mother i feel like i like he didn't kill her that day he had the dream i feel like i had a thought when that happened i was like oh it must be and now it's gone out of my head so i don't know Mm. if i think of it i'll let you know (laughs) um so i mean obviously from her birth or young, you know, youth as her mother died when she was an infant, her father molded her, which mm-hmm. is how we choose our, our, you know, husbands or wives is our, you know, our, the parent. <laughs> uh, women often choose their fathers and men often choose their mothers. I um, think I didn't have a father, so. Well, so you got a clean slate of choosing Jim. So it's all on me. <laughs> <laughs> I got no one to blame. Yeah. I love him. He oh. doesn't listen to this, but just in case. <laughs> I, I don't, I think that my, 
a husband and my father couldn't be more different. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I, my, my, I say this to my husband and he doesn't take me seriously, but my husband and my father would probably be like best buddies. If they'd known each other, they'd like run off and have a bromance and my mom and I would never see them again. <laughs> but it's all the good things about my dad. All yeah. the like public good things. That's what Kevin is sure. through and through. So he did okay. <laughs> it's a weird uh, thought exercise to have to go through, but... <laughs> Um, there's a huge emphasis on Greek mythology and particularly Persephone why were many of the characters so focused on Persephone Um, like my take on that question is that like the way each of the characters viewed Persephone like demonstrated their view of of womanhood like Mariana thought she was um, a powerful protector Mm -hmm. and who betrayed her yeah. Um, Fosca looked at Persephone as a sexualized. Um, of course he did. Play toy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> to be used and enjoyed to his his pleasure and aggrandizement, yeah. which is how he treats the women around him. But I mean, is there's some sort of parallel between um, Mariana and Zoe and? the mother daughter in the Greek mm-hmm. mythology because mm-hmm. the daughter is the, the, the goddess of death. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he kills all those people, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I think it's a parallel of them. I guess I just, I don't give, um, Mariana enough credit to be Demeter. Well, yeah, <laughs> she doesn't have enough. I also thought it was really interesting. The, the, the way he plays with like, the metaphysical and like the the scientific. So Mariana is focused on like science and figuring this out and like ABC. This is how the brain works. And, yeah, very um, logical. What's his name? Fred. He's like, we're gonna be married someday. I just know I it. I have a I have a premonition. I'm psychic. <laughs> and then she sort of falls down that path when she's thinking about like she, uh, you know, prays to the goddesses and maybe they're punishing me and like. Like, is this, this isn't real. This isn't real. Like she's think she goes down that path and thinks about it for a minute yeah. before she steers herself back to be like, no, that's, that's silly. That's a really interesting thing to point out is that dichotomy of her like logic and linear. Mm-hmm. And then, but the balance between the two that yeah. exists that Fred's on one spec end of the spectrum and she's on the other. Which, and I do hope they get married. I know. I really like Fred. <laughs> I, well, I liked Fred too. And after I like, Understood that he wasn't lurking in the forest to help Zoe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> For a minute, I was like, wait a minute, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that too. I thought, oh my gosh. Well, was we it? did no. tune in oh, good, that someone who was interested in Mariana was teamed up with Zoe and that that wasn't real. <laughs> right. His love for Mariana was not real. Um, yeah, I, I thought Fred was pretty sweet. Um, and then creepy and then sweet. Again. Yeah. There's a male figure over there. Oh, but well, it's not Bosco. Oh, it's red. Yeah. You're like, wait, wow, it's no, weird. Sometimes, he just disappeared. Sometimes I thought it sometimes I thought that creepy figure was her old was her patient that kept following her. Yeah, and yes. it was at one yeah, point. I think it was. But then they tie he just wraps that up in a little bow and puts him in a mental institution. Gets him sectioned. Yes, yeah. as they said. Which was appropriate. Yeah. He it was and a he long time help. coming. He needed more yeah. help than than she was capable of. Or many people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, then I think you kind of touched on this. Mariana blamed the death of Sebastian on Persephone. Why was it easier for her to blame the death on the spiritual, on the supernatural as opposed to randomness of the accident? 
you know, it gives, yeah. it's that battle that she has in her mind, as well as it gives her something to hold on to. She also blames herself because, and here's where I thought it was interesting, part of their, speaks a little bit to their relationship. In her mind, she thought that she had forced her way and insisted that they go. Yeah. But he kind of was, it was all, do you think that was him manipulating her to make her think it was her idea? No, he didn't want to go. He absolutely didn't want to leave London. Though he says at the end, like, I didn't, he didn't didn't want to go, go. but he did it because he's trying to fool you. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't want to go on that vacation. So why did he go? (laughs) I love this question. What would you have done if you were in Mariana's situation? I would not be investigating a murder. No, I'm, I'm not a private investigator. I'm not a leaving. And neither is she. No. I sort of felt that too. I'm like, why are you here, lady? Like, you're, go home. I mean, I know why you are because this is a book and we got to, you know, we yeah, need a story to well, tell. But. And her her mentor really kind of pushed her because, to, don't you think you want to come and help us figure this out? Because this is, what is a campus but a group therapy? Yeah, Clarissa... You, not you super no helpful. Help, that, was, that was bad advice. Um, I loved at the end when Clarissa was like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> <laughs> I uh, let's stop and talk about the food at Cambridge. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I'm leaving to go do my doctor. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, much better than the uh, food court at Ventura College. Oh my god, <laughs> which doesn't even exist anymore. I know, right? Uh, you can you don't, they don't even have like a food machine that you can put coin in. Are you kidding? Mm-mm, nothing. How are the babies eating when they're there? There's probably still the snack bar. <laughs> no, I mean you mean like snacks that they sell at the bookstore. That's no, all. I mean they used to have a like a snack bar in the middle of the quad where they sold chips and you know not during COVID. Snacks anymore i mean i went to college uh, a long, long time, time ago, COVID. <laughs> <A long> time <laughs> ago. <laughs> um i found this one website which i think is really cute and i think i will want to look for them again um it's the title of the blog post is the maiden's book club questions and food ideas <laughs> uh the yes. website's you know serve me really raw lamb yeah it's yeah. really gross oh. to me out <laughs> I don't know where the website went. I would have just said, I'm sorry, I don't eat lamb. Yeah. <laughs> I like lamb. I do it was not like, like lamb. It's got to be cooked right. If you cook it oh, wrong, it smells. Yeah, I like I lamb. Um, that's fine. I have a whole section of my family who doesn't, so then my brother gave us his 4-H lamb. Ooh. And we have a freezer halfway full of lamb. Nice. Is a lamb that's so I don't. It's got to be a 4-H lamb. What does that mean? Oh, 4-H, the kids raise the lamb, and then they sell it for... It'd be like eating Bambi. I we can't. Have, we had a whole no, the turkey. children don't eat it. They because there's. A, I don't know if this is a lie, but like when I was eleven, we bought, got part of a, four um, H cow, a steer. Yeah, and it was so good. But we met him at the fair that year. Mm-hmm. His oh. name was Curly, and I like had a hard time until I started eating dinner that night, and it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, this website is Book Club Bites. Okay. Okay. Um, so Google that if you're interested. But she has a whole bunch of food suggestions by um, chapter. So chap- part one, chapter nine, Mariana meets Fred on the train. Bananas, <laughs> grapes, apples, and tea. 
<laughs> so this is what you serve when you're discussing each chapter in your book club? I guess, yeah. Part two, chapter four or 24, Mariana speaks with the betters, biscuits and tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, part two, chapter five or chapter 25, Mariana buys Elsie chocolate cake and orders a talking heart. I love that scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, um, I love that they describe that she has chocolate cake around her, around her mouth like a yeah. little kid. <laughs> I mean, like, that's probably good chocolate cake, too. Um, She knew exactly where she wanted mm -hmm. to go. Part 2, Chapter 8 or 28. Mariana takes Zoe to a French restaurant. Mm -hmm. Oh, this must... The other alternate chapters must be, like, when you're listening to it. Mm. Mariana takes Zoe to a French restaurant, Rose Champagne. I love that. Mm. Uh, That's... I've always been fascinated with that since an affair to remember. Uh... Another is Mariana and Zoe have lunch with Clarissa. This is the one I'm thinking of. Pheasants and pear poached in wine and poached salmon and vegetables. Yeah. And then there's something about, like, she was going to have toffee pudding. Aren't too. they just, like, I'll in go, the cafeteria? Uh, yeah, I'll go toffee plump pudding. for toffee pudding, is yeah. what Clarissa says. <laughs> poached pears. I'm like, what the mm. hell kind of place is this? Uh, Mariana has dinner with Edward. You know I want to make we all that We just talked stuff about now. that. Uh, the and then the the meal after the lamb sounded good. Mariana seeks out Fred chips, chips. and malt yes. vinegar. That sounded yeah, I was lovely. Um, the fellows buffet with Clarissa for breakfast: scrambled eggs, bacon, sausage, bread, and pastries with marmalade. Yum, and kidgiri, which was is haddock. Oh, kidgiri. Okay, yeah. kid, um, haddock, eggs, and rice. Mm-hmm. Which I'd probably enjoy that. Sure. So I thought that was a cute website. It would be fun to look more. Yeah, I like that. Book Bites? Book Bites, yeah. That sounds good. I'm going to look it up for our next book when we get there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What did you make of the secret society of female students known as the Maidens? Was it an act of power control for Fosca? no thank you and yes (laughs) yeah that was one part of the novel that i did find somewhat unsatisfying is 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 that that wasn't more of a like it was just something that zoe used to be like oh well you can you know blame them but and at the end it was like yeah he was sleeping with all students he doesn't work here anymore it was like okay well that's yeah okay great well thank you for validating our sketchy i feel like there was more he could have done with that in like with the girls and, you know, her interactions with them. And, and he apparently had controlled them so well that they were like, yeah, no, it's all great. When in reality, I think they probably, in that 10 minutes that they had to talk to her before Fosca came in to, like, ruin their group therapy session, I felt like there was more that could have been done. Yeah. I didn't know at the time, you know, but I just found it a little unsatisfying the way that storyline wrapped up. He's just such a smug a-hole. Yes. Yeah. And, like... He's got I a man would... bun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she describes, and his hair was down, brushing his shoulders. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shirt untucked. Ugh. Um, I. <laughs> he's just so gross because I'm remembering, like, he's dressed to the nines for their dinner. Yeah, together. he's wearing a bow tie <laughs> and, like, it's... Okay. Well, I don't get to dine with such a lovely lady. I'll, yeah, like, gross. Ew, skin crawling. Yeah, he was gross. And so I and might she's have... falling for it, too, a little bit. Yeah. And she's like, mm-hmm. Because she hasn't had anyone notice her for a long time. Well, that's not true. Fred. Well, <laughs> so and when, Henry. Henry notices her all the time. That's true. It seems like there's this age thing, too. Fred's on the younger side, 
and Fosca's. And Ed's on the older side. Yeah, Fosca's significantly older. similar... I thought it was like mid forties, mid to early forties. Well, she's thirty six, so probably an equal, equal age distance yeah. on either so she's side. Like, <laughs> what a um, choice for bookends. Ugh. Ooh. Fred, all, all yeah, day. but Fred. I vote for Fred. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, like, I think I would have preferred Fosca not to be so um. For like in the forefront of the storytelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. He's present all the time, and so everything's from his point of view. It's so, like, on the nose. I don't know. And why was whichever of the main sleeping with... Morris? Morris. I think it might have been part of his payoff. Okay. That makes sense. That she, He gets you know, paid off with but sex she with seemed a like he was in, yeah. She seemed like she wow. was into it. And yeah, but, like, because Fosca said... Well, I mean, she was excited and texting him and, like... Was she? Wasn't she the one that was texting on her phone and she was like, oh, that's your secret admirer, isn't it? And she's like, I'm not talking to you about that. And then she, she leaves to go meet him. But she didn't seem happy. Oh, I maybe I read it wrong then. Or, well, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, she was not friendly because Mariana was talking to her. Yeah, that's <laughs> but true. I, but I still got the sense that she really had a thing for Morrison. Morris or whatever his name is. Serena? See, we don't. I actually... just said there wasn't that much there. Yeah, much. I'm not sure why it's that just was there. Your right. I know. I'm not it's sure a why. Little gratuit, a red herring. Yeah, I guess hey, so. Hey, and good on Mariana for being able to climb climb a wall into a, a cemetery. And you know she was there already, so why not watch the whole act? Right. Yeah. It's like okay, <laughs> book. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, you can't leave enough... without being seen, and you don't want to be rude by interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> enough if it was she saw Fosca pay him off yeah and that could have been enough for me but okay that yeah that was just a weird part yeah I it's just I just am not sure why nope one of his friends said you know what this book needs a sex scene yeah gratuitous <laughs> not that there's not already a lot of implied sex in this book yeah <laughs> yeah I was cooking dinner with and I didn't have my headphones in, so I quickly found my headphones because I couldn't really have that that scene as it was described and have my mom-in-law walk in. <laughs> it was, of all of the sex scenes in books I have read, it was pretty tame. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but it's not the kind of thing. Well, no. I mean, I, I understand. <laughs> You're thinking about it now. Well, no, I was just thinking of, like, what am I going to say right now to, like, ham it up, but it's, no. It's no. Right. It's, gr- <laughs> it's gross and creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it has all of the key, like, gross and creepy things. There's a voyeur. Yeah. As much as that she is an unintentional voyeur. Um, They're in a graveyard? It's pretty... In a graveyard. Because, like, I think she says something about it seeming mechanical. Yeah. Um, And that's where I'm, like, hesitant to say that Serena was into it. Yeah. Um, Because that's kind of sticking in my head. So why couldn't she say no? Because I think it's part of his... The payment. Yeah. She wouldn't say no because mm. Fosca wanted it. Perhaps. And she, she did whatever Fosca would want. Okay. I just love how, he, like, the, uh, the part I actually like from that is her following him and describing how he's, like, whistling and just going along his mm-hmm. very way. <laughs> then he just pops the wall like it's no yep. big deal. And then we find out what he's on his way for. Of course he'd be whistling. Yeah. Did you have any suspicion about Zoe being involved with the murders or were you surprised 
at that twist. I guess I was surprised that she was the murderer herself. Yes. And not manipulating somebody else into maybe doing it for her was sort of how I was thinking it was going to shake out. I don't know how. Like, I thought, the other thing is I kind of thought that, was his name, Conrad was going to come back and play some sort of role. No. Except that he was just selling people drugs and that's about it. More red herring. Yeah. Innocent bystander, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of thought maybe he and Zoe were going to be working together. I don't know. I was surprised that Zoe was the one actually stabbing people. Yeah. Yes, I was completely surprised by that. Yes. Because the whole way I'm like, oh, she and Fred are in league. And then it's like, oh, as she's unveiling the evil plan, she's going to tell us Sebastian is fake the death. I knew there was some sort of evil genius, like, manipulating the whole situation. Yeah. And for a second I was like, oh, well, maybe it's Fred. But I was like, oh. I don't think I give Fred enough credit to, to be the evil <laughs> genius, but yeah. Um, well, cause then it's like really sly, like a Fox because he does come off as so sweet. Yeah. Um, which I mean, sociopaths, psychopaths can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we gave too much credit. To <laughs> <laughs> um, what about the big twist that Zoe and Sebastian had an affair? What are your thoughts on this disturbing revelation? Ew, gross, monster. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that was bad. Oh, yeah. That uh, was really bad. I, I, yeah. I, I'm interested to go back and listen to the book or read it again and pay attention knowing now that the journal or the letter was written by Sebastian. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that, like, it was a little on the nose because Fosca mentions how he grew up on a farm. Yeah. And then in the book, it describes him living on the farm. But Mm -hmm. we know, like, jack shit about Sebastian. Right. We don't know anything about him. Yeah. And then when when it's revealed that it's Sebastian, I had to wonder, like, does she know this stuff about him? Yeah. Or did she know the whole time? And it says that she didn't want to see what she saw, you know? Yeah. She was trying not to see what was right in front of her. Mm -hmm. I don't think consciously, somewhere in her subconscious, she might have known something, but... Yeah, it was gross. Uh, yeah, did not like. I I was also one star. Do not recommend that part of that part of the book. (laughs) I I am also interested in how this book would have shaken out if it were written by a woman. You know, well, and I wanted. I was thinking of some interesting, like progressive Mm -hmm. sacrifice thing that the maidens were maybe killing internally. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, honestly, I guess to the end, I was, like, thinking that Zoe, until Zoe gets that post second postcard, that did not sit right with me, that Zoe might be in as much danger as um, yeah. as Mariana yeah. mm-hmm. is in. Um, I know, and I was worried for her at one point because it's, like, they were separated, yeah, and then uh, somebody else was murdered, and then she's like, oh my god, no, and then it's like, no, 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 it's okay, Zoe's fine. Yeah. But for a minute, I yes. thought Zoe was going to die. Yeah. I, I did too. Yeah. Because um, she's, Zoe's actually only just an ounce more fleshed out than the other maidens. Yeah. Like yeah, she's, she's, she's not a very dynamic character. Mm-mm. But it, she's painted as, she's painted that way on purpose. So she, you overlook her. True I that. I mean, she, yeah. think about the other maidens, they stand out. They, they're gorgeous. They garner attention and you don't notice her as much. Mm-hmm. Except, when you find out at some point she was one of them. But I don't think she actually was. Like for a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know if the whole initiation thing 
I don't yeah, think, I think that, that was, was real. all a lie. I think it was all a lie. I don't that think she's ever lie. been involved with them. Really? I think that he used, he, Sebastian, used them as his, like, red herring. Oh, because... So the whole plan was centered around them as, like, look over here, look over here. I don't okay, think but... she was ever involved. Because they do mention that. Because he knew her. I mean, I'm trying to figure out the timeline. Sebastian he, was alive when she was there. When she was at she's college, she's been in college for a few years. Because okay. they talk about a memory of Sebastian and um, Mariana teasing Zoe about her having a crush on the American teacher. Yeah. Um, um, so now we know Sebastian zoned in on that. Yeah. Um, of course he would, because he's probably a jealous monster. Mm-hmm, very possessive. <laughs> and here's the you know eighteen year old, nineteen year old girl talking about her or however old she was. Her handsome professor. Yep. Yeah. Can't yeah. have that. Mm-mm. Yes. Gross. And maybe that's, maybe that's some kind of illumination into Sebastian too, is that maybe that's why Fosca was so front forward in the storytelling is to show us like a mirror or like a, to, to kind of illustrate what kind of person Sebastian is. Maybe Sebastian mm. was a similar, mm-hmm. like his true self. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, one of them's a pedophile. Cute. Yeah. You know, well, and I mean, well, well those girls are they, women, actually. Yeah. They're just young. Um, yeah, it's still, I'm not saying it's not creepy. Yeah, but. I'm not saying it's inappropriate. Yeah. He, they're still like half or less than half his age. Oh, but yeah. But they are women. Yeah. They are legal. So let's. Okay, they're legal. I don't like infant, infant, infantilizing grown-up people. I understand, but there's a, mat- there's well, a, mat- a has, worldview and maturity difference between someone in it within a big age gap well like that. the thing that i will will get behind is it's the power dynamic idea yeah it's yeah. not that it's not manipulative yeah like they are probably in their mid-20s because this is doctoral programs oh so very true they're yeah, probably they're in their 19. mid-20s and so they are much younger than him but they are when you're in your mid-20s but they're not like fresh you're out of an adult school. yeah right yeah. um i i um but he, the power dynamic is, yes. is the bad. bad and man. it's also so creepy because he's sleeping with all of them. Yeah. And I can't imagine that they don't all know that. Right. And yeah. that's really creepy. Yeah. And it's not like they individually feel special, like, oh, I'm the special one. But they all, it's like a cult. Okay. They're all in on it. Yeah. It's I one think thing they all to know. share dresses. It's another <laughs> thing to share your lover. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> gross. Gross. Okay, it's not for me. Let's say that because there are perfectly normal consenting adults. That's true. Like that, that is true. Let's That's not kink shame. Uh, <laughs> but it's there, not for in me. In this Fair dynamic, not, it is weird. Yeah, this is a no bueno. This is more cultish and yeah. that is not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know that the girls were really all that consenting. Because there, there was even the power dynamic between them. You don't want to be the one that's out. When are you a consenting adult then? Like... <laughs> I get frustrated when it's like you have these adults. Like, what? Why are they? Why are we dishonoring their consent? No, I'm saying at <laughs> some point, what are they doing? It for, some a couple of the girls seemed very uncomfortable with it, and like there. Was, I didn't read that. Give me a point. Give me an example. I thought Serena was. G- can you give an example? I'll have to look it up. They, I mean, they all stand behind him yeah. the whole time. Yeah, like a like you do behind a cult leader. But so well, think, but the members in the cult 
when they are brainwashed, are consenting as well, yeah, for the most part. I mean, it is, depends on the cold, I'm assuming, but I've never been true. in one. Yes, thank goodness. Uh, yeah, I, it's not that they're not brainwashed or manipulated. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, there's, yeah, that's all valid. There's an aspect of being manipulated into consent that's, that sh- is something to take into account. Yeah. And it's not that they're not not into it, because I think that they are. They're into I it. I don't think that they're not into but it. But it's it's upsetting to see when you watch from the outside. Yeah. Yes. And you, especially Serena. Like, I can, I can appreciate your soft spot for her, because... Like, as we have settled on the idea that maybe she was an offering. Yeah, that's weird. A payment. Like, yeah, that's, that has to be demeaning to her, Mm -hmm. you know, in a normal psychological (laughs) assessment. Um, But we've all had those boyfriends that took us on the bad journey. (laughs) We were like, why did I... Why did I let him do that? Or why did I agree to that? And it's like, oh, my self-worth was kind of devalued there. If you didn't, good job. (laughs) We find out that the letters from the killer's point of view were from Sebastian writing to Zoe. Why do you think this was included? Well, we wouldn't know anything real about Sebastian if we didn't have that. But we didn't know anything real about him 99% of the book. Until you find out. Until you find out that it's him. It's a secret glimpse into the killer that you don't know. You know that that's probably the voice of the killer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's giving you... But then again, it wasn't. The mind... (laughs) But what's it? it, I don't know. I feel like it gives you kind of a glimpse into the psyche of someone. It's also a red herring. You know? Yeah. Because they put... they, They present it to you like it's Edward speaking. True. At least I, that's how I interpret it. I thought so too, except for the except, except for that the, he was British. <laughs> the speaker. That's why you know my brain kept kept trying to wrap around them. Like, wait a minute, he's American. He's British. He's American. Do you think he's American? So, and some of his like his words on the edges, you hear a little bit of the British accent because it's easy to get, you know, yeah, when you're to, to have the accent affect somewhere. you if you live somewhere. Yeah. So, um, do you think that? You guys were maybe sharing in Mariana's point of view when you were listening. Yeah, 100%. And so you were you were able to, like, carry on through the book still strengthening her point of view when you listen mm-hmm. to the journal entries yeah. and you're thinking, it's Fosca. Even though your other side of your brain is like, but it's, no, not. it's not. I know. It's, it's, it's... This is a terrible book if it's Fosca. <laughs> and, then, and at some point I couldn't remember during those chapters if he ever well he didn't murder anybody right he's no, not a murderer no, no but i thought he was a he's manipulator just, that yeah. he manipulated yeah. others to do their murder well, not i'm not saying man. that i'm just saying i i wasn't entirely sure that it was fosca writing it because I, number one i didn't think fosca was the murderer but then i thought well maybe it is him writing but i don't know why we're hearing his perspective right yeah i definitely thought it was him most of the time. But you never thought he was in the murder. Exactly. Right. And Got I didn't it. know exactly why we were hearing so much from him if he wasn't involved somehow. Yeah. But it wasn't him anyway, so. Nope. Um, why was it included? To boggle our minds. <laughs> yeah. There was some mentioning on how one's childhood directly impacts how they are as an adult. So a childhood full of trauma may lash out as an adult. Was that a reasoning behind Sebastian and Zoe's actions? Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know about Zoe as much because I don't think she had a dramatic a traumatic childhood as much she as had Edward a trauma. did. Trauma. Yeah. Yeah. But she her had... whole childhood seemed like it was rather happy until yeah. her well, parents died. From Mariana's perspective, we don't know what her parents really were like. Yeah, but there was nothing in the until... book for us to believe to, to believe that it was anything other also, than she's a child abuse victim. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whether or not, like, now she's like, I love Sebastian and we were going to run away and steal all your money after you were dead. She can, she's never, like, she never entered into that relationship as she was yes. never a consenting adult. No. But then so many people survive those traumas, abusive yeah, parents, true. and they don't become that. And they don't. So, like, I don't. But, you because know, it can create reason, but it, it doesn't necessarily, it certainly does not justify. It's not a simple cause and effect. Yeah. Because we, but we, because we, trauma affects different people differently. Mm-hmm. How they process that internal damage is, um, it's not cut and dry for everybody. I was also wondering if Mariana knew any of his story right if she knew at all that this is something that he dealt with or if, you know that that he was abused as a child it, it didn't I don't know seem he, like she I ever mentioned he, it yeah I, I don't think he ever shared that with her it doesn't seem like it. i could easily believe that it's part of his um i can't imagine it would not have shown itself somehow but right. she probably didn't want to see it because she didn't want to see the things she didn't want to see yeah like he murdered her father <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Zoe murdered the women. Sebastian was the mastermind behind it all. Is Zoe a victim, complicit, or a, ma- a mixture of both? Mm, she's a victim. Yeah. Yeah. At the end, Mariana is struggling between the two and wanting to put all the blame on her and yeah. and never want to talk to her, and never forgive her. But uh, what's his name? says Theo. she's a you have to remember she's a victim in that all this. struck me a little strange that mariana a trained psychological professional mm-hmm. would never have had the thought as soon as she found out what sebastian's behavior to her niece was yeah would ne- would have only viewed her as a complicit but it's different when because, it happens to you oh sure be it's too close to home i guess lots of people have blind spots and she was, she had had this fantasy world with Sebastian mm-hmm. that for her to, 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 to admit that Zoe was a victim would mean that her, her world was wrong. And there's a reason why you don't go to a therapist in your family, you know, like if true. you don't, yeah, as true. a therapist, you don't treat anybody within your family right? or your close friends or anything like that. There's yeah. a reason for that. It's, it, so it was just. It struck me so strange that she had to have an exterior voice say that yeah. to her. But I mean, of course, yeah, you're right. Too close to the center. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what role did Fred serve in this story? I oh, have to, really... sure, or I have to say just another red hair. <laughs> but I also felt like he served as like somebody that Mariana could turn to. A tether to her. Yeah, somebody she felt like she could trust for whatever reason. And somebody that she's like, um, I figured something out and nobody's listening to me. Hey, I'll call Fred. He'll yeah. listen to me. Yeah. And he'll help me. And he was he's into it. Yeah. sounding board. Yeah. And I got the feeling. He was into it. it. He was. He was she's very so into cute. it. <laughs> what were you going to say, Karen? That 
Oh, I lost my train of thought. Totally derailed. Oh, well, move on. (laughs) It's contagious, sorry. If you read The Silent Patient, did you notice the appearance of Theo? Yes, very distracting. (laughs) But I also was, like, thrilled by it at the same time. Of, like, oh, here's Theo. And she recommended him to go work there? I was wondering at the very end. I'm like, why do I care what this lady looks like? (laughs) Like, a beautiful red-headed woman. I'm like, okay, why are you telling me that? Okay, great. Is this the author acknowledging that his first book was better? And yeah, he's like, he's hey, he's like I also wrote that book. Tease Remember this book I wrote? <laughs> it's like when people meet, like, I need more, I need more sales from this bestseller. Or, so go um, and read it. Or I want credit for all my children. Like, yeah. People meet me with just Bella around or something. It's like, I am the mother of three. I have okay? two more. There's, I have invested two decades already into parenthood. <laughs> that is not, you know, <laughs> um, he just wants credit for it all. Yeah. Like, just in case you're not enjoying this book, there's this other great one I crafted. What happens next for Mariana? Is she going to try to maintain relationships with Zoe? Will she stay in contact with Fred? I think yes and yes. Oh, well, at least it, I'd like to think yes and yes. Yeah. I don't know about Zoe. I think that she, at, at the end, realizes, like, you know, this professional is right and maybe she does deserve a chance but then I also don't know why she wouldn't listen to him and wait to go in with him yeah that was a little strange he's like wait right here and I'll be back in a minute and she's like no I'm gonna go in the store by myself that's why I'm like really trepidatious about what what happened on the other side of that door yeah I yeah I don't know if he's setting it up for another you know yeah leave it open-ended but yeah I'm not sure like the yeah I mean it it just when you know Theo, it's a, um, it just really left me unsettled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all. These are kind of all similar questions from the book okay. bites. Um, it was refreshing, actually. There is a lot of questions out there, so this must be a very popular book. Yeah, As opposed great. to, like, sometimes you go hunting for questions and it's just the same book club. Well, there's something to be said about, like, <laughs> a debut novel, which we've yeah, read a couple of, and that. a follow-up from a bestseller. Like, those yeah. are going to get more attention anyway. Oh, yeah. um, I'm glad I read this book. Me too. Yeah. Um, it was I, a good I wasn't my favorite. I'm glad you read no. this book. <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy reading it. Yeah. I think... One reason is because I have mentioned it in the last like three episodes of the podcast. I have been watching a lot of CSI, and so I sort of felt like in the like mystery solving like mood. mood. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, there's no way. That's too obvious. This yeah. is there's gonna be a twist at the end. Who's yeah. that person? What's the reveal? Anybody that gets re- like introduced in the third act, I'm like, I don't know about you. So the whole um, procedural like way that it was crafted, I was like, I know how this goes. So I'm there's a lot this. of stuff about <laughs> Greek. Um, Greek uh, tragedy theatrics, though. Oh, like, uh-huh. So I was wondering, do you guys know anything about the structure of Greek plays? Because mm-hmm. I'm wondering if the way he structured the novel had anything to do with. That. I mean, it turns out to be a Greek tragedy right? itself, right? Mm-hmm. But no, I don't know a lot about that at all. I, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't know anything about it. <laughs> Me either. But I was wondering. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, those stupid girls. Um, she had to do that because that was their fulfillment of becoming a tragic hero. Yeah. <laughs> That's the voice I heard in my head. I liked it. That was pretty good. <laughs> Even though she's yeah. like a British doctoral student. Right. And not a 16 year old girl from the valley. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so I'm glad There's I There's maybe a Becky in there somewhere. Like <laughs> what she calls the dead ones. 
you got your next book choice? I do. What are we reading? Um, I chose a book that um, from an author I have never, ever read before. And the book came out in November, so I'm pretty sure neither of you have read it. Okay. And it's historical fiction from an author who's known for her romance novels, All which right. is not a genre I normally ever okay. read. I mean, if it's got if it's romance with like you a zombie. You mentioned to me what the author was, and I was like, okay. <laughs> you can't okay. see the face I made, but it was unexpected. <laughs> It's so not. Yeah, I, I was mean, like, Are you, this is something I would I read, Karen. So I, I think you're going to like this. Oh, I'm sure I will. This is taking a It is twist. called, it's by Danielle Steele. Oh, no way. All right. Called Flying Angels, a novel. Oh, but it looks so interesting. I know. Just look at the cover. And yeah. it's about real people. Um, yeah, you said Danielle Steele. Fiction. I was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> I'm like, I've not ever read it. Da- I haven't I, either. I've well, watched actually, some I, movies I feel like I based on have. her work. I'm sure I have, actually. Um, I'm really hoping that it's heavier on the historical the romance. Fiction. Yeah, uh, that's historical my fiction. She is a great. I mean, yeah. she may not be like a great writer. No, but she, she might be considered one of the great writers. But she is an insanely. She's a very prolific writer, okay. prolific author. So yeah. here's so a little excerpt. Going to be no slump. Um, it, it, right now, it, it talks about World War II brings together six remarkable young flight nurses Ooh. who face the challenges of war and its many heartbreaks and victories as unsung heroes in this inspiring novel from number one New York Times bestselling author Danielle Steele. Love it. Audrey Parker's life changes forever when Pearl Harbor is attacked on December 7, 1941. Her brother, a talented young Navy pilot, has been stationed there, poised to fulfill their late father's distinguished legacy. Fresh out of nursing school, with a passion and a born gift for helping others, both Audrey and her friend Lizzie subtly find their nation on the brink of war. Driven to do whatever they can, whatever they can to serve, they enlist in the Army and embark on a new adventure as flight nurses. I did not know that these things existed, so mm. that's kind of cool. Risking their lives on perilous missions, they join the elite medical air evacuation transport squadron. That's uh, MEATS. M-E-A-T-S. I don't know if that's really what they meant. Okay, that's acronym (laughs) MEATS. And fly into enemy territory almost daily to rescue wounded soldiers from the battlefield. Audrey and Lizzie make enormous sacrifices to save lives alongside an extraordinary group of nurses. Alex, who longs to make a difference in the world. Louise, a bright mind who faced racial prejudice growing up in the South. Prue, a selfless leader with a heart of gold. And Emma, whose confidence and grit push her to put everything on the line for her patients. Even knowing that they will not achieve any rank and will receive little pay for their efforts, the flight flying angels, in quotation marks, will give their all in the fight for freedom. They serve as bravely and tirelessly as the men they rescue on the front lines in daring airlifts and are eternally bound by their loyalty to one another. Um, Danielle Steele presents a sweeping, stunning tribute to these incredibly courageous women, inspiring symbols of bravery and valor. I love the color. I love the cover. It's like this colorized black and white photo, and the camaraderie. Anything that has women pulling together to do things. And I know um, it's not very feminist of me, but I'm like, are they going to fall in love? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's going to be Danielle Steele. I know, I'm excited. Um, Yay, I I thought... (laughs) 
It says I sent. I actually had to Google what kind of book does Danielle Steele write? And yeah, like romance novels. She's like the queen of romance. I'm like, oh yeah, Katie's gonna love like this it says choice. Queen of romance, right here on this Wikipedia. Like literally oh, queen of romance. Uh, but I, I was didn't just even read that one. But I just knew googling because um, I was curious how many books she's written. Um, oh, so so it's 190. And she's like a mother of like six or seven kids. Or she's something. Been nine children. Nine children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and she's been married five times. Nice. Married and divorced five times. She's a big fan of falling in love. Yeah. <laughs> she loves love. But yeah. Okay. So I've heard about her and I'm, I'm probably going to lend this to my mother, give it to my mother-in-law when I'm done with it. Um, she's because she, cause like she loves, that. she loves everything by this woman because and she's not necessarily into romance, but, um, it's just this, her story of, I mean, the, she was a mom all day kids put the kids to bed and she still has finds time to write over a hundred books yeah almost so. 200 yeah yeah i'm like yeah that's pretty awesome maybe this is her create where her her creative vent it's like you're with your kids all the day and you just need something to release this is her release um and she looks amazing if you look at the cover she does look great she looks really yeah good. um read anything good lately um, no, I, okay. every year at Christmas, I reread Christmas Carol, Aww. which is very short and sweet. Yep. Um, so I've been reading that, but that's about it. Um, I'm going to see that at the, at the Amundsen on Christmas Eve. It's going to be weird. I am not going to be home on Christmas Eve. Well, that sounds fun I've though. I've got yeah. a date with my son. Aw, it's going to be awesome. So, um, it's funny that you took the book choice in this direction with this author mm -hmm. because I have made many apologies to you of, Oh, now I do something different that mm -hmm. I was like, uh, no, I'd never do it that way. I have been very disingenuous, Katie. Why? When I say, Oh, I don't read. Romance uh -oh. novels. What'd you read? <laughs> because first of all, mm -hmm. I'm a huge outlander fan. Yeah, that's oh. true. And I have read all eight. I am waiting on the ninth book. I have it, but I haven't started it yet because I'm trying to decide if I'm going to start all the way at the beginning again. Uh, those are eight enormous, like 40-hour audiobooks. Yeah, that's a lot of romance. That are romance. <laughs> that's a lot of romance. <laughs> Granted, there is a twist of sci-fi in I there. Did, yep. I, did see the, I did see the new one when I was at Barnes & Noble. Yeah, I, 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 I have it in my Barnes & Noble and not our local thing because I had coupons and stuff, but it's a, it's I was we're not judging you. I'm no, shopping no, for no. my mom-in-law. And I'm like, just walked in and I'm go, what's the brand new ones that I know she hasn't read? Oh, not that one, not that one, that one. So I did, I'm like, oh, hey, I think this is my book choice. I decided on Monday. <laughs> um, and then because there's a lot of sewing and busyness mm -hmm. and I just needed something. I wanted something Christmassy without being like too much. So there were a couple of included novels that I enjoyed. The Christmas Bookshop, a Scottish woman who Love it. goes and uh, helps manage a failing bookshop, and uh, duh, <laughs> guess what happened? Uh, <laughs> that and sounds then, right up my alley. <laughs> so the Christmas Bookshop was very good. Okay, and then the other one was I think it's called it's not coming up here, but Christmas All Year, and that's this. I think she's an English woman who was living in Scotland and has like escaped Scotland because her twin sister stole her secret boyfriend who was her boss. Okay. And then <laughs> is this Hallmark? <laughs> this really screams of Hallmark. And Someone then, who loves a romance novel and a cheesy 
Christmas movie. I'm surprised I haven't read more Christmas themed well, romance novels. It's sort of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm into it. Um, and she like moves to Sherwood, this little community in Sherwood Forest. Sherwood and Forest. she is um, re trying to like clean out and make a life in her grandmother's um, cottage that she Love never it. knew. Love and, it. Um, hilarity ensues. There's several love stories in that one. Okay. Well, what was it called? Uh, Christmas All Year. Got it. It's included. Um, I must have accidentally removed it from my library because I'm not seeing it. Mm. Um, so the Christmas Bookshop and um, Christmas All Year were included on um, Audible. Okay. And they were quite fun. Oh. Cool. Uh, so anyway, sorry about that, Katie. I do like... That's okay. I'll let you know when I start reading some fantasy or science fiction. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> let me recommend Outlander. Okay. <laughs> That's it seems like a large undertaking, but it, but it's worth it. It's like so engaging and it makes you appreciate if you have like any kind of decent husband. Yeah. It makes you appreciate your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, totally agree with that. Yeah. My husband said I can watch all the Outlander I want. Nice. <laughs> Doesn't make you horny. Is it called <laughs> <laughs> Ding Ding? Have you ever read a romance at all? <laughs> Um, uh, is it called um, The Best Worst Christmas? No. Did you read that one? Because that one's also included in Audible. All right, well, she I lives in her mom's house. She goes to her mom's house in a small gossipy English village. I'm also going to read that. Okay, yeah. wait, wait, wait. I'm going to my Audible because you said that's included as like the freebie for the month. Yeah, that's or no, they don't do that it that way anymore, I don't think. Um, this one is. But they, you have like, a, like everything that would be included is included all the time. Oh, okay. And, um... That's good Best worst Christmas. They don't... Included. I am downloading that. One time I came across something that was, like, time limited, and I I didn't Uh finish reading it before it was taken away. They're usually pretty short, though. pissed me off. (laughs) But now there's getting to be more, like, um, full length. We canceled Um, our Audible subscription... So I think I have like a month left. Oh no! Um, so I'm gonna have to listen to a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Mm. Well, Karen, did you read anything else? Did you already say yours? I have not said mine okay. yet. Okay. Um, I've been catching up. There's a time where I was like going download crazy mm-hmm. on books and stuff, but and I set them aside, and then I'm glad I have them because then I'm like I can't keep buying all these books. I'm going to read what I have in my library. So I delved into the Grishaverse. Mm. Grishaverse. Much oh, better. yeah. Okay. Are so you there's done two, or no? I am on this. Okay. So first there's one set of books called Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm done. There. I'm done with those. Okay. I've done those. And then the next one is King of Scars and Rule of Wolves. And I'm 53% through the second one. Okay. Um, so that's so four books. ahead of me That's now. four books. Yeah. You're ahead of me now. So I won't well. tell you. They all die. No. Oops. No. You monster. <laughs> I'm not saying who they is. Yeah. Well, now, I, now I'm picturing that everyone's going to die. All of them. Well, you'll just be pleasantly surprised <laughs> but when they characters don't. you don't know yet. Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to well, worry Madagascar. that everyone dies. <laughs> Come on. Fine. It's sci-fi. It's yeah. fantasy. It's more, It's kind of sci-fi, but it's more fantasy, it's I think. Also, it's also... I was gonna say I wasn't gonna say it actually, but well, okay, yeah. Especially the way the first trilogy—it's a trilogy to start, right? Oh, how the 
the first. I'm very set of sad them. about one thing, but I can't tell you. Okay. So well, we should stop talking about. Yeah, this. I'm just saying there's something that makes me sad. Your no. book, you, the book you've selected, is only seven to eight hours long, so I'll be able to do some other leisure reading. So maybe I'll try to catch up with you. Well, and now, Katie, you're probably since this is romance, you're probably going to dive right in, right? No, I'll probably still save it until <laughs> the very end. Yeah. But so. Yeah, so I've got this the... Christmas junk first. Oh, and the yeah. print is nice and good size. It's a little, yeah. little on the big side. But... <laughs> you know what? Daniel still writes for older ladies. So... I was just say she's, sev- she's <laughs> big 74. Big print books are, uh, yeah. <laughs> are probably her go-to. Yeah. Well, and with my new glasses, I'm like, wow, that really is big. <laughs> <laughs> my mom is going to love this. Well, okay. I'm looking forward to our new book because mm-hmm. that's a fun genre. And I'm sure Danielle still is a delightful read. Yes. yes. Because she her success speaks for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, great, good times. Yeah, we'll see you uh, next month when we talk about the uh, flying, flying angels. angels. Yeah, so uh, it's the we're recording on the sixteenth. You guys will hear this on the twentieth, so maybe we get to join you while you hurriedly finish your Christmas presents and yeah. nothing. something <laughs> so, like that. Happy holidays! All right, bye everybody. <laughs> bye. bye. Strings Unraveled is a production of Strings and Things Studio with Anne Lecrevin Cazzoli, Katie Von Rader Fraker, and Karen Wilmoth. Recorded and edited by Katie Von Rader Fraker. Find us online at stringsandthingsstudio.com or on Facebook or Instagram at stringsandthingsstudio. You can email us at stringsandthingsinfo at gmail.com.